Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halex. And this week in the studio, we have Jennifer Ellis, a sacred interface explorer, which I have to say is like one of the most fascinating titles we've had somebody give themselves. I'm going to pass it over to Luca so you can explain how well, we Jennifer encourage to be with people to come up with um, really explicit names for what it is they're doing in the world that don't necessarily they're not, I mean they could be job titles but they're but they're um, zowy zany ways of saying the energy of what it is that you're really doing and so that really expresses you so welcome to the show Thank you. for start um, and, and sometimes you're called Jen and sometimes you're called Jennifer um, so we'll and we will explore that a little later. But but uh, Jen and I have known each other for a few years now. You came in through the network, right? So you were referred into my network, and then we've done uh, a bunch of different things together um, over the years. And and currently we're in in the exploration of your latest endeavor mode, which is um, the the hypnotherapy that you're doing, and it's specifically past life regression hypnotherapy correct um which so we'll, we'll get you to tell us all about that but Love but to. welcome and we're gonna we're gonna splash around all over the place and explore all <laughs> kinds of so. different things yes. today because because we can and because it's interesting and um i find this so much with with guests who are on the show they uh, especially if they're not 22 years old they come with this whole background of all the things that you've done before. And I was joking the other day that uh, you showed me your binder full of all your certificates. And you've got certificates up the wazoo, right? All of these things that you've, that you've learned how to do and developed a competence at and moved on to explore something else. So that's why your, your title of Sacred Interface Explorer, I think, is so apt because you're always exploring things. This, that's what right? we're here for, from my perspective. I mean, at first, it's yeah. kind of a cautious so you can get shy in life as you figure out who you are. I don't know if you ever end figuring that out, mm. yeah. but you get comfortable with figuring it out. Mm. And then the exploration can really begin. Um, again, you know, I started off with, uh, okay, let's get these external pieces of paper because somehow that's going to make me important, right? I can walk around with my paper or have it on the wall. Well, and I think and when you're younger, in some ways, that's more important. Than and it depends on the person, too. Yeah. To some people, that is, you know, it's, it, important. it's, it's a very yeah. valid and important thing to yes. have. Yeah. Um, yes. But for me, it's always been a challenge to try and stay on one track uh, from a depth perspective, mm-hmm. uh, from a scholastic, I will say, perspective. Because I found my destiny is meant to be explore. And to do that, you have to try different things. Yeah. So you personally try all the things I that you've learned. I personally try them. Exactly. If I'm going to help. Before you do them with other people. Yes. So yeah. for me, if I'm going to help people or support, to me, it's important for me to have experienced it. I, when you speak, like they say, communication is how much nonverbal? Mm-hmm. You know, we're up in, I think, the 70 percentile. I mean, again, somebody yeah. could probably least, quote yeah. me that one. Yeah. So again, when I'm sharing or facilitating, that's coming across because I've done it. 
you know, I can speak from my pros and cons, and it's being shared at all these levels with whoever I'm working with or just having a conversation at a coffee shop with. Yeah. You know, it's always yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was thinking the other day when I was working with somebody that when we're, when we're trying to put ourselves out there in the world, especially as solopreneurs, that we're in a way describing the latest thing that we're exploring. But, and, and sometimes we forget to come out with and all the other things that we've already done that create the pedestal on which we set this latest thing. Correct. Right? Yes. So I'm really, I'm, and I'm sure all of you as listeners out there are interested in knowing where Jen came from. So where did you come from? Because we've talked about where you started as a teenager, which I think was sowing the seeds for some of your leadership stuff. True. So, so can you give us like the, the synopsized story of how you got from your childhood to to this place where you're now doing hypnotherapy. All right, so everyone sit back. This is a once upon a time story. <laughs> so once upon a time, there was a little girl named Jennifer, <laughs> and she was born at Vancouver General Hospital, locally. Yes, yeah, so you're homegrown. I'm yeah. homegrown. Yeah. And was moved over to White Rock, to Ocean Park area, where she loved the ocean and the sand and the sea and playing and all of that in this and quaint nature. little town and yeah. nature. Very small-paced. Um, Jennifer, as a little kid, was often found when she wasn't at home, down knocking on the neighbor's doors because it was more of an, an older senior area where my parents lived. There wasn't a lot of kids. In order to get candy from all the neighbors. <laughs> So resourceful. So, very resourceful. The yeah. people skills started very, very early. I actually started speaking at 10 months. Um, you know, so, wow. so yes, yeah, so you can see I'm, you know, I have a hard time talking. Uh, yeah. That's so obvious. <laughs> even at that yeah. time. Your reticence is really slowing the show down. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I got to take it down a, a bit harder. here. Yes, to present myself. <laughs> <laughs> So definitely a very playful soul, as you can tell. Uh, a lot of the beach, the ocean, the nature. Um, and just always into exploring things. I, I think I would have a hesitancy to do that. But I led a very um, simple, I would say, life. You know, going to, to, to the schools just like everyone else. You know, in the playground, picking fights, trying to protect your friends, getting hung upside down with your underwear showing, you know, embarrassed <laughs> in grade five. and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moved into French immersion in grade six because supposedly I wasn't challenged enough in the regular school. So that's fascinating, you know, rewiring the brain to learn a new language, you know, la française, um, changing schools. And it just all of that moved me along, um, you know, to try different things. A lot of it was being forced on me, I felt, right, because I just wanted to keep doing the same thing. Uh, a big thing for me was going to Gabriola Island, for anyone that know, off of Nanaimo. Uh, my father was a principal of an elementary school, and my mom left the bank to have our, our, all, of, all of us kids. And so we could all summer take off somewhere. And we had this little, it was, it was called the shack. <laughs> it was a shack built to house a couple of the workmen before where they were building the big house. <laughs> And it was the simplest thing. If it rained, you actually took more clothes off because, you know, you had your outhouse. You had to go to the pump to get the running water. It was basic. Mm -hmm. It was just a chance to explore as a kid your innerverse, your outerverse, go make daisy chains. You know, mom gets you up in the morning, feeds you and says, I don't want to see you until one o'clock. Like, mm -hmm. go. 
<laughs> How much trouble can you get into what, in that? What, what bliss for a kid, right? Oh, the just ocean heaven. right there and yes. nature all around yes. you. Yes. So the capacity to sit still, the capacity to go onto the dock, like because this was in a private property. Um, my grandmother met somebody, so we were able to get onto this private property. And so you would just go on the dock, and I could just lay there and listen. You can imagine the waves flowing in and out around the wood, clunk, right? Mm-hmm. And just that soothing sound and just sitting silently. So that kind of starts off kind of the quietness in me, that ability to enjoy and reflect. Mm. But yet there's also this really loud part of me, that playful, <laughs> big family side um, of, of that aspect as well. So that came a lot into play because I love people, loved being so in what school. what a combination. It, it's, it's an interesting combination to be supported. You know, I was like my grad president in grade 12 and, mm. you know, very involved um, I was actually, what did they end up having it? It, was, it wasn't a radio show, but it was some communication show at lunchtime just before they made the announcement. So we formed a little PA club and I was the leader. And so we would go in and, you know, read off things. So, um, yeah, so that I don't know if that gives you I mean, there's so much coming out, but there's, it's just showing that that dynamic going on. And responsibility, too. Right. Because you're you had a family business. We did. Um, and and you were actively involved in running one of the pieces of that when you were still a teenager. Yes. My first job at 14, 15 was at a dock girl at Gabriel Island. Mm. So pumping gas, selling bait, collecting. Very unusual, but again, part mm. of my element. Um, and then once we came back to Ocean Park, continuing on, my parents actually had split um, and then remarried. So, you know, about 12, I think they split. And then a couple of years later, two, three years, my mom met somebody new and remarried. And that had three. I already had an older or younger brother, and that brought three more boys in. So there's five boys in me, um, you know, wow. in this. In five the, boys in you. That's forget like, the Brady ooh, Bunch. Yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah. is for those that know that, you know, this was a whole other realm when we went on vacation. But you were your own gang. Pretty much. Yeah. And, of course, you know, part of me wanted to be with the guys because, you know, you want to fit in. But the other part's like, yeah, but I'm not a guy. <laughs> so how do I reconcile this? <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that, that playfulness um, around that. But, yeah, we definitely did. They ended up becoming entrepreneurs, this new partnership, with my mm-hmm. mom and my stepdad, who I call my dad now, yeah. and uh, bought a recreation complex. So very large in White Rock. Uh, used to be called the Viking House, and they changed it to the Sandcastle Recreation. <laughs> Anyone in that area can go check it out. They've got uh, 20 lanes of bowling, um, you know, 5,000 square foot weight room, fitness. They've got a bar and lounge, you know. And so, yeah, I used to get, that's where I got into fitness. That's that introduction for that background. Um, so probably at 14, I was, you know, dancing my way in fitness classes and in the weight room. And then by 19 taking all these courses and certifying myself um, to actually teach as well. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been a lifelong body learning, I would say, on the physicality. Um, Mm -hmm. Because those maybe can tell through my voice, I'm I'm very physical and I've got a lot of of energy. A lot of energy. So it needs to direct somewhere or it kind of causes a burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was that path for me to to do and, that. And it takes a while to know these things about yourself, right? It does. So there's well, a, a growth of self awareness in there. 
Absolutely. I mean, the analogy that comes to my head is you can picture a bowling alley and you've got, as you're learning, you've got those little bumpers in in the gutters and you're kind of rolling yourself, bloomp, and you're hitting one and bloomp. Because, you know, you're still trying to get to the pins. It's at the end, but there's lots of different ways you can go to get to the pins. And that's that figuring it out, right? Mm-hmm. Each each to their own. Some yeah. people may roll forward, some backwards, some may, yeah. you know, slide sideways. And it's that's can that's that's the ball. life. It can be a fast. It can be ball. a slow ball. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's the diversity that I like because there really is no one way. And mm-hmm. when you self allow that, yeah. that's the magic. Yeah, yeah. That's the magic. So when you 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 so you were through your teens, you were teaching all of this fitness when i hit 19 yeah, yeah yes and then where so where did you go after that uh well from graduating um i did a few years at ubc mm-hmm. so again you know I tried out the trying to be this student and i mm-hmm. will admit i love to learn i just yeah. am not built for a formal education yeah the academia the academia yeah. i admire people who yeah. who do it yeah. i've got members of my family who are you know mm-hmm. on their way to phds and that that's fabulous yeah. um but again that was part of me exploring because i got a scholarship so mm-hmm. i went and explored that and mm-hmm. tried it out and no that, that wasn't, wasn't working very well so kind of went off and got into a relationship and started doing some different jobs, trying things out. I was going to be a French teacher. Mm. Uh, yes. Les Mères en Française, mm-hmm. tell, you know, for the little young kids. That mm-hmm. was sort of, I guess, following in my father's footsteps. Yeah, so you uh, had to try that one out. I had to try that one out and try it on for size, put on the pants, and found out they weren't pants. I have to wear a skirt and, you know, mm-hmm. all of those different changes. Um, yeah, so from there, it's just getting into a relationship and then, you know, ended up getting married. But why did I get married? Because, I don't know, I think because he asked me. (laughs) Really. It can really be that simple. Well, and that was another exploration, right? If you look back on it, that's kind of what happened, right? Well, everyone else does it, so is there something here? Like, what are you supposed to feel? Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, of course I loved him, but does that mean marriage I, I don't I don't know <laughs> so yeah so that until you did know until I did know right mm-hmm. right so you you run your course and you know during those times I was I was teaching fitness I was doing a bunch of different jobs I ended up leaving this is my explorer side going okay Jen self-talk <laughs> <laughs> you can't stay forever in the family business you know you've got to get out there and, and try things what about technology that's this is this is old school here, which is great, but there's I need to know more. So applied in the paper, just applied and sent out a bunch of stuff and landed a job at an environmental technologies company downtown. And so, again, just went, okay, well, let's go. Let's try it. Let's try this out. Um, and I think I lasted three years there in different positions, receptionist, word processing. Anyone know Word Perfect Five where you oh. could, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could hit all these keys ago. that are shortcut instead mm. of all of this long stuff. Um, yeah, and then worked over into accounting and then decided, all right, I think maybe I'll try some schooling again, but this time we'll go slowly. So uh, went in through BCIT and decided to do um, professional accounting, so more of a business background from some of the arts I was doing before. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that took me a long time because I just I took my time at it. And while I was in one of my, my courses, I think it was a financial management accounting, one of the instructors took note of me because in order for me to learn, what I've come to realize is I learn on many levels. So this, it, 
I can't just read flat from a book. They're just words. They, they don't resonate. They don't sing to me. They don't, you know, if you're talking to me, I can get it because there's all no. that nonverbal. Yeah. I'm a kinetic learner. I got to yeah. be involved in this experience. <laughs> uh, so from there, um, getting that, that realization, um, at that time, I didn't have it. And so what I was doing was I would almost read and memorize the stuff. Because that's the only that's, way that's it, it could stick in. Well, there was a lot of dedication. So mm. I spent a lot of time at my studies. Mm. And so when it came to the exam, what I did with this one instructor is I went back and challenged her after the after she wrote tests. And, and I said, well, no, 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 because on chapter six, section three, mm. it says this. <laughs> and, and that so, made her sit up and pay attention to you it did yeah it did and then so she actually offered me um an opportunity to a job at a very large insurance corporation which was a huge step up for me mm. so that launched my career into that mm. um you know the and again, world of formal organization a very large mm. corporate collective agreement type organization very siloed very very dynamic but again very interesting and an, and another challenge another challenge a new challenge to figure out um you know on the structure and the people side so how long did you spend in that environment uh for that round it was three years and then i left and then i went back to that place for about 10 years and then i left and then i went back to that place for about 10 or 11 months <laughs> All in different areas of it. Yeah. Most of my time spent in the IT world, mm-hmm. the tech. So those for those of you just joining us, you're listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And our guest today is Jennifer Ellis, who is a, sacred, she is a self-titled Sacred Interface Explorer. So we're just exploring all the explorations, the story of the explorations. Yes, and the how once she upon got a time. Yeah, yeah. So, so you you went through all of this um, sort of corporate, um, or formal organizational experience. Mm-hmm. What did you get out of? I mean, if you look at that in aggregate now, um, what what did you get out of being in that environment that you think is useful to you in the path that you are now choosing? I mean, you learn you learn to see and when i say that it's not just visually you learn to see systems you learn to and see you were trends working in systems at the so, end but yeah, before yeah. i mean i've done collections i've done inventory analysts i done i worked in a, bus- a business analyst financial analyst so i did all of these roles that's one thing in a large corporation um it allows you to move over and to, to try potentially different um positions uh, it keeps you stimulated for those people like me that, that likes that, which is mm. why I could stay for so long. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's learning about systems, the functioning, the limitations of those, mm. and how do people react? How do they engage with the system? Mm. Do you blame it? Mm. But you chose to be there, mm. <laughs> right? Mm. Or do you engage and make the most of it? Or do you just recognize it and say, oh, I understand that's what they're offering me to be here. So, yes, I accept your offer, and I will work within that. And I, these other parts of myself that maybe are being limited, I will go create them and express them somewhere else. Hmm. Which you did. Which I did. So, again, it's, it's learning about the offering. It's learning about the exchange in every situation. How do you present yourself, and how do other people present it? Mm-hmm. You could get all riled up and have a fight, but, you know, it's usually two people just defending their positions Mm -hmm. 
um, as opposed to, yeah, that, that end goal. So while you were going through all of this, you were also maturing as oh, a absolutely. human being. Yes. Um, and Don't all tell my those- mom. <laughs> <laughs> but, you're, but you are an interesting combination of a mature person who takes responsibility for your own reactions to things mm-hmm. and navigating your own way through things. Yes. And you have this... Um, childlike, exploratory, playful person within you that I find is a is a is a really neat combination when it comes to engaging in the world that you moved on to from there, which was all about um, your personal development and the personal development of the people with whom you work. So. Is it? I'm. I'm looking at Rebecca here. Is it time for? It's not quite time for a song yet. No. I'm. I'm almost there. Okay. We're almost there. Okay. I promise um, I won't. Say. I'm. <laughs> but I'm really dying to hear you describe what it means, sacred interface explorer, since this is what you do. Because it's also part of who you be in terms of what you're offering to people. Yeah. So can you yes. describe that to me? Absolutely. That's a great so, way in. The, the segue into that would be a lot of our time or discussion so far has been spent on that corporate business. Mm-hmm. And we haven't reached sort of that. I think I was about 30 and I left a relationship. And at that point, I started, I'm going to say, more the sacred awareness. So that's when I went into um, what we would call studying the energy realms, you know, plant medicine. Um, like I've tried rebirthing. Like I just went into all of these different massage went to hawaii did lomi lomi massage right um you know i I did uh, aroma and a 350 hour aromatherapist course i did a 250 hour yoga instructors course um i studied under particular local gurus in the yoga under you know under the philosophy that they follow not going to a yoga class but what does it mean? Yoga meaning union. How do you live in union? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's understanding Swadhyaya. You have to understand yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, there's lots of different processes and ways to do that in the world, not just a yoga. There's, mm-hmm. you know, everyone does their own. But it's through that and applying and, and doing all of those things. So between the business structure, the and I have a very strong analytical so I can witness myself and others as I go through this exploration. And the willingness to go and explore and try all of these things, um, you know, conferences and whatnot, allows me. So, I mean, the sacred to me is just the recognition of choice. It's the honoring of the individual and yourself in the exchange. Because everything's sacred. Mm-hmm. But it's how, what's your perspective? How do you revere it? How do you engage with it? Um, so that's, for me, my capacity to remind and hold that space because I will respect every person that I engage mm-hmm. with. I, will, I can see where their limitations are, but I respect them because that's part of who they are standing right mm-hmm. in front of me right now. It's not really about being flawed or no. broken. It's about no. witnessing where someone is, yeah. which then also, if, if it's fully supported and accepted in wherever any individual is, whether it's you, whether it's me, whoever you might be working with, that then opens the door to, and what else would you like? And and do you want, are you, is one interested in looking at the limitations? Because that's where the growth Mm -hmm. potential is. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people think they're flawed. It's like, no, that's your potentialization Mm -hmm. that's there for you to explore and enhance yourself. Mm -hmm. So being with somebody who has that, it's building that trust, that allowance, so creating that space because, man, I've gone through it myself. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I've done some doozies in life, some really <laughs> dumb decisions. 
Um, I want to hear about some of those. Oh, yeah. Okay, now I feel like we need to play one of your songs. So which one would you like to, which one are you being drawn to first? The the ABBA one, for sure. Would you like to tell us before we listen to it why you chose it or after? Uh, we'll tell you right now. Do it's it. it's mm-hmm. more. Um, I mean, this is to me all the play. Um, you know, ABBA was a big part of my life growing up, and I could probably sing every single friggin' song as I danced in my living room to the album. <laughs> so it's that lighthearted, um, engaging. You know, and of course, bringing music play to all of bringing it. play mm-hmm. and music. I just I just love music. I'm a bit of a drama queen at times, so I, this song to me has <laughs> that as well. <laughs> a little bit of drama. A little bit of a drama. That's, okay. But that's exactly yes. it, right? <laughs> yeah. So we'll dance in the studio yes. on a Friday afternoon. And you can do that here. yourself at home. Have a little stretch. Time for stretch, everyone. Yeah. 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 Everybody join in. Yeah. All right. Let's listen to Thank You for the Music by ABBA. We will be back in the studio with Jennifer Ellis in just a few minutes. Oh, I did not press the right button. Hang on one second, folks. There we go. Yeah. I'm nothing special, in fact, I'm a bit of a bore If I tell a joke, you've probably heard it before But I have a talent, a wonderful thing Cause everyone listens when I start to sing I'm so grateful and proud All I want is to sing it out loud So I say thank you for the music The songs I'm singing Thanks for all the joy they're bringing Who can live without it? I ask in all honesty What would life be Without the song that's one of me
we are broadcasting from the top of Burnaby Mountain at Simon Fraser University. And I would like to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting from the unceded ancestral territory of the Coquitlam, the Musqueam, the Squamish, and the the Tsleil-Waututh. And as a settler, I am personally digging into my responsibility for listening to the voices of the people of this land to look to their direction for where do we go from here as we work on reconciliation, as we work on decolonization. And we are here in the studio today um, with Jennifer Ellis. This is Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And Jennifer is a sacred interface explorer, which we are now exploring exactly what the interface is and where is the sacred. We were just taking a listen to her first song choice for the day, which is ABBA's Thank You for the Music. And I had never noticed the dramatic part of that song until you (laughs) were pointing that out and, of course, engaging with it. As Of course, we had a sing-along going on in here. Well, I, I wasn't singing. I was too busy clicking today. But, uh, inside you were singing. I was inside. I can hear I absolutely it. was. I could hear it. I was whistling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So one of the things I noticed in the middle of that song, she was talking about being a dancer. And I remember one of your show and tell items today is your dancing shoes. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Oh, well, thank you for asking. And we're and we're tweeting pictures out. So uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Essential Conv. Uh, that's Essence T I A L C O N V. Then you can see the dancing shoes. Yes, they're black, pretty standard, but they've soft they, leather. They, they support me well in my moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it started. My mother uh, came from Scotland when she was fourteen, fifteen. So there's the Scottish heritage there, and she uh, t- started to teach dance lessons in White Rock to adults and no children Scottish yet. Dance. Scottish, not Highlands, Scottish country dance. Mm. Very distinct difference. And so she would bring me along and I would sit up on the balcony or up on the gymnasium or wherever it was with the beats going and uh, would watch this. So from the age of probably five or six, uh, I was already engaged in that world. And by about seven, she was pulling me in if a spare needed to dance. Um, and hence then she started a, a children's, the first children's Scottish country dance in the area. Um, which I became part of um, and, of course, spent a lot of years then dancing. So that was kind of a starting point because after that, it was more... Once you engage with beat and music, there's there's a whole other conversation going on uh, around that. And so for me, the next phase was, I mentioned earlier, was the opportunity with the fitness classes. So I used to teach fitness classes. And back then, making your music, you had to splice the thing yourself. You'd have to go count the beats, record, you know, and and put it all together. Um, And so that was my expression because you know what? When you're teaching a class, people follow you. Mm, It's very true. (laughs) You say go that way and they'll go that way. You Mm -hmm. put your arm up and they do that. Um, And that was a whole fascination. It's a whole power trip. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, So that from there continued on to, I would say in my 30s, in my late 20s, I met a fellow who sound. This is the first time I heard all through all of me sound. He'd had he'd had a car accident. And yeah, whole all levels, field all everything. levels, everything. Yeah. Um, because he built sound technology due to an accident, he could attune and he would cancel out to the point where the sound was so pure that you could hear everything. Hmm. Wow, everything. 
And so you'd put on the records with that, and you could all the dimensions, like, you know, so he built. And so there was an off-and-on relationship with that over time, um, but that reinforced the dance because we used to host and have freestyle mm. um, kind of dances where you could just flow and move. And he even built um, a sound bed. So he, he put it on so there was a bed you could lay on, and it had various crystals and, and certain charging-type activities. And you would lay on it, and he would he would bring you on a sound journey. Wow, interesting. Um, so your whole field is feeling it. Because oftentimes the brain, the monkey, wants to try and engage. What is it? 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 And so sometimes when people are meditating, that's really hard, right? Because the mm. brain keeps going, well, no, at me, at me, at me, at me. Yeah. Now, if you have the sound, the brain goes into the sound, and the rest of you can then relax and actually experience it. Mm. Um, you know, and again, of course, you, you learn experientially, so you're doing it. I, I'm on there. Yeah. I'm yeah. on there all the time. I'm sleeping on this dang thing. I'm on it. Um, I mean, one point he played it so loud because, again, you don't have to put earphones in because there's no distortion mm. that, that causes that. Mm. So at one point um, he played it so loud um, that, like, I was just fully vibrating. And you're at the point where you either let go, surrender, or or fight, and it's just going to be painful. Right. So I, I let go and surrendered. And, I mean, it, it launched me into a journey where I was, like, in the galaxy, in the Milky Way, just <laughs> cruising life. So there's the dance shoes is kind of that symbology of, of, of starting off with the traditional and then continuing to follow the beat with the so shoes. it gets more abstract. It gets more abstract, all the levels of it. And so now if I go and dance now, it's very expressive, individual um, of the body as opposed to just like a formal, which I admire because that's... You know, well, there's, it's, a, it's there's a the whole profession in it. Started with it exactly, yeah. but for me now, as the explorer, the mm. freestyle movement is got the power for me. Mm. Yeah. So this um, makes me remember that you brought singing bowls. Yes, I feel like More this sound. is connected. Yeah, is it connected? It's sound. Well, yeah. Yes. So uh, I've spent. Many years, we actually, with this partner, um, created a, a temple, a sonic temple, where people used to come. Um, so artists playing the didgeridoo, artists playing bowls. Like, so there would be all the crystal bowls and everything. Like, it, it goes on and on and on. Um, again, this is the experiential, right? Coming and experimenting, because you community. guys were all learning. We were and all learning. Through community and through... Yes using sound yes it wasn't like a formal front-end business where people went this was just a back-end subtle start that we just kind of grew in a warehouse um you know to the point and then more people like well hey what do you what about trying this hey what about doing an overnight this hey what about doing a conscious breath session hey what about okay and you had people coming in who were masters of these modalities from all over the world all over the world yeah there's people coming belgium you know all these yeah exactly landing people from hawaii that and they just hear about you through the network um and are there to want to share stay with you so you got first-hand access to asking them questions and there's this sacred explorer again exactly so the bowls is the representation of of that sound of the overtone because this there's actually three bowls here and by playing one single it's a note but by playing them all together it creates that overtone which creates its own entity well they're all the same size right these bowls these ones are and this was when i went um after a second very tough relationship that i left Um, I was in a very intense place of fear. Um, I couldn't sleep. 
um, I was basically just living on will alone to go ahead. And I decided I either have to go push myself and go out somewhere and challenge or I'm just going to keep going down in this depth. And so I decided by just going online and looking around, I'm going to go to Nepal. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go do this yoga retreat here. Okay. And I made it happen. So in October 2011, I went to Kathmandu, Nepal for three and a half weeks for a yoga and meditation retreat. Um, and one of the locations there um, in Budanath, you know, beautiful place if anyone has seen it with these amazing stupas, was a little sound um, uh, store. Mm. And so this to me is perfect. You know, you can get your traditional Tibetan bowls, but they're dang big to carry mm -hmm, around. Mm -hmm. And this is just perfect. I have it home and mm -hmm. I can ring in and just remember the value of sound. And to highlight something you already said, because it's really the essence of what you've been talking about in a lot of different ways. So these three bowls, they have their own pure tone. Yes. When you sound them all, they create another. And they correct. create more. It's the whole yeah. one plus one plus one is not it's, equaling it's, it's three. It's like chemistry or yeah. essential mm -hmm. oils, right? As mm -hmm. soon as you put two together, it doesn't equal three. Mm -hmm. It's always the synergy builds something new. So what does an overtone do um, once it's created? Well, it depends on the intent or the purpose of it. Like this mm. one is an alpha wave. Yeah. Um, so you can get, again, because everything's sound, you can get different waves doing different purposes. Mm. Um, so, for example, for a while I studied um, on the Monroe Institute uh, with them. There's a gateway or an explorer, and what they do is they create sound. I mean, it's a technology, but they create, I mean, it's songs that you follow, and you have to wear headphones in order to cover the ears. And they send one tone in one ear, one in the other, and it creates that third overtone. And from there, you do the journeying. You do jump points. On so sound. With the sound. Mm. So you can use it to activate and be energized. You can use it to relax. So when I was in that very intense fear, couldn't sleep, mm. That is what kept me alive because I would play that at night and I'd at least get two, three hours of sleep um, because it would engage that and it would drop. It would create the, the theta or your delta, right? Because you have to get down to that in your sleep cycles. Mm -hmm. In order to rejuvenate and... In order to rejuvenate, which basically leads me almost to the hypnotherapy because mm -hmm. that's the intention of where I today have found in the hypnotherapy is a faster modality to be able to guide somebody into that theta delta state that's there there are many states of hypnosis i mean you walk around in one in various states of the day but for this deeper work to be done where you're much where you have an expedited way to talk to the person's subconscious and say Hey, or super conscious. Or super. It, whatever, whichever if it is they're accessing. Exactly. Right? But, you know, traditionally they'll call it the subconscious. Yeah. Um, and say, hey, show me where the trigger is for this and let's clear it. Mm -hmm. You know, show me this. Because we all have it. We know it within ourselves. We just can't go because the conscious brain. It's like brains, talking to Siri. Yeah. Right? Well, Except you're, it's you're, in the person. It is, because yeah. the conscious is busy driving. Well, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. Mm. Meanwhile, all the cases and everything, they're all in the back seat. You just have to go in and open up the 
you know, each one and go, oh, dang, that's what it is. Okay, well, do you still want that? Do you want to change it somehow and, and make it more useful? You could jettison out the window as you're driving or along. Or you could jettison the dang yeah. thing. Exactly. That's fascinating. Um, so, it. yeah, so that was the hypnotherapy. And, again, learning because you're, you're getting into, as a clinical hypnotherapist, it's not just a suggestion. So, for example, all these positive direct suggestions. <laughs> it's actually taking somebody into that appropriate deeper state so that the communication can cleanly happen while they're fully aware. That's, mm. uh, this is very clear, fully aware, because this is all permission-based. Mm. <laughs> There's nothing I can say, um, you know, as a hypnotherapist, that if your core beliefs are not in alignment with it, it will not happen. Right. Um, but very powerful stuff um, to, to work with. And so that's what's attracting me now. Um, as a modality with all these other things because I love the capacity to go and have the person recognize this is their own power to go in. I'm a facilitator and I can build a space of trust because of all this stuff I've done myself Mm -hmm. and can empathize because of all the crap and poop and fall over I've done myself. (laughs) I picked the wrong guy in the relationship there. I did the wrong thing there. So when you were studying this... You needed people to practice on, and I was one of your people to practice yes, on. Yes, thank you. Yes. And one of the things that I've noticed, uh, that I noticed as you were going through the training, is that you're, you're taking the training on one level. You're, you're reading everything. You're listening to all the instruction. You're practicing the techniques that you've been taught. But on another level, the beyond the class, cl- beyond what you're doing in the classroom, you were exploring. Yes. Explorer, and, yes. And wondering about things. And so so what did you come out of this training wondering about? To me, it's the exploration of, and I'm going to use that word interface now, that comes in in the title I gave. Mm. My curiosity is what resides between the duality and the non-duality in this existence. So as a physical being, we incorporate in a duality frame, Like We all know hot, cold, this, that, right? And, and, and Just sort of the three-dimensional world, right? In the three-dimensional world. Yeah. Um, so my curiosity on the interface is what happens if we come out of that three-dimensional world? What's and there? And that's presupposing that you can come out of it, right? And, and what Which does that we've had look like? With. Exactly. Yeah. So when we say that, I mean, you're... That, that comes to question to say, I mean, what's your true essence of yourself? Is it your physicality, your body, or is there something more there? Um, so my belief and from what I've experienced, is there something more there? And so it's allowing that something more um, to come out and explore uh, whatever on what, what is that interface between the two? What does that allow? Um, you know, and, and that could become a, a dimensional discussion. That could be a whole bunch more information that's accessible to allow somebody to better understand their current position today mm-hmm. in the world where they are. Because we always ask, like, why am I here? And what am I doing here? What am I learning? What's my purpose? Those are the well, big the, fundamental the idea questions. Of interface begs the question: interface between what and what. So on one hand, you've got that. The, the three-dimensional world of duality, of Correct. opposites, yes. right? Yes, yep. And then on the other hand, you've got we know not what yet, right? This is the, it's the place of, that I call beyond this place there be dragons, right? It, it's the, it's just on the edge of your map of your known universe. It's like what's on that, 
just just over the edge. Yes. And and I it, we were talking the other day about how when when for all practitioners of it, of anything that's in the healing um, self exploration realm, we're we're operating on a on an edge, we're, our own personal edge, and also the edge of all of our clients. Right. So. Well, it's that's finding exactly where their correct. edge is, that's, and then, that's right. and then, and and also, we were talking about the fact that that every practitioner has a comfort zone, mm-hmm. and as and a niche, and so even within um, hypnotherapy, clinical hypnotherapy, even past life regression, everybody's going. Every practitioner is going to have their own niche. Yes. Yes. So you, so we we've started to explore here what what your niche is. Um, but this is a it's it's we were also talking about how every client helps you to explore your niche because uh, it's the law of attraction. So you attract the clients to you who are going to um, want to work with you because of the niche that you're in because it feels good to them. And it feels like the right direction. And then there'll be another practitioner that that somebody else would want to go to because it's that that's more there. Flavor. Yeah, it's all They're about the match. I mean, we, the don't, match. Yeah. we don't come out as cookie-cutter little robots no. and everyone goes does the same job no. or, you know, it's that the Lego movie, everyone is happy, you know, <laughs> repeating everything else. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, depending on where you are in life, you're going to be attracted to a certain person to do a certain thing, to have a certain experience. So this um, is still evolving for you, right? Well, because you're, it's early it days is. of it and you're figuring it out. I'm super ready for the next song because it just feels so perfect yes. for right now. So you've it got always works that Muse's way. song Madness and yes. it's as we're talking about, you know, exploring and pushing those edges of third di- three-dimensional world duality that we're known, the physical reality that we engage with all the time, but if we look outside of that, what we go there? to the edge exactly, you know? Sort of like the challenge we want to give to flat earthers. Okay, so if there's an edge then what's over the edge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> Just as yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the idea of there's a universe and it's it's expanding. Well, if it's expanding, what is it expanding into? And maybe it's contracting mm-hmm. at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's Black take a holes. listen yeah. to <laughs> Madness by Muse. And we will be back here in the studio with Jennifer Elephas. Elephas. <laughs> Jennifer Elephas. <laughs> That's my new name. There you go. Yes. Ellis in just a few minutes. I, I can't get these memories out of my mind And some kind of madness has started to
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca and our guest today, Jennifer Ellis, a sacred interface explorer. We just listened to her second song request for today, which was Muse's Madness. Now, we did rock out to that one. Yeah, that, that's, that's a core rock song. And, and as soon as we went into the song, I realized I did not ask you why you chose that song. I told you why I thought it was a good song to play then. How about you tell us why you chose that well, song? You know, I still agree with you because it's a really good song. Uh, no, it sings to me. See, it sings to me because of the the contrast that it's bringing. There's that duality of, of madness. We all go through phases of madness. And when we're in the madness, we question ourselves. We're crazy. We do wild, you know, and later when we do our self audit, we're, we 
potentially would feel ashamed. And then that's a whole other cycle. But then he draws and gets to the point of realizing, oh, I just need to love. I need to shine the light on it and to love. Mm-hmm. And then that comes the understanding because it's within the madness when you're going through it that you know that there's a gem there. There's something there that's ready to be gifted to you. And whether you can find that yourself or whether you reach out and you get help through community, you know, sometimes you dance, sometimes you come see me as a hypnotherapist if it's a really deep something. But you know, there's times you need to reach out to know in that madness that's when you put the hand out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you find that those support mechanisms to look and then absorb what that gain is for you. That's called evolution. Mm. But for me, and me, that's the exploring. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it, yes. It's uncomfortable. Let's not lie about it. It's very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but that's duality. And, but from that comes the gold, the gain, the, you know, the integration, the wholeness, mm. recognizing you are perfection. Because what you are right now is perfect. Still well, you change the process in the chalice, right? Yes, when, exactly. When we are exploring. So we are nearing the end of our show. I want to make sure that we take some time here. Is there anybody that you'd like to invite to get in contact with you and or what's coming up for you next that you want to tell people about? Well, I am currently having recently finished the uh, this particular clinical hypnotherapy course. Um, so I'm starting up with the official word of my practice. Um, which I'm going to call play. So uh, because that's what I'm here to do. It's already rough enough as it is. So let's play with it as well. Um, So I will be setting up um, a a website and contact and it will be called Interplay Hypnotherapy. So for anyone who's interested in exploring this more, like what is it really about and what am I about uh, around this uh, modality, you know, feel free to reach out. Uh, My email address at this point is J-A-E-L-L-I-S at telus.net. So J meaning Jennifer, A is for my middle name, which I won't give out to you right now. <laughs> um, you know, and then my last name, Ellis, because um, I'd love to hear from you, just even your perspective on things. I mean, that's where the conversations start. That's why you guys are having um, the relevance and the importance of this radio show is to make sure we have those conversations so people know that they have choice and whatever they're going through is valid. It is their experience. And because it's their reality, it's real, it's true, and it's authentic. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Right there. Bam. Yes. 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 And if you're listening to this in the archives later on, um, we'll have updated contact information. So it won't just be this email address, but it will also be the 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 web address. And for me, uh, a nice ask out there is is any help or support or feedback to be able to find um, a space to work out of. Uh, it's very expensive, as you know, um, you know, the overhead um, to get it. And so whether it's somewhere I can work a few days a week somewhere, collaborate with, with other people. Flexibility. Flexibility. Yeah. You know, I am in North Van, but I can travel to, you know, Burnaby, East Van and places like that where it's, mm-hmm. it's a good fit where we can help each other out. Mm-hmm. And you've got this um, cool fold-up chair. I do. The that suspended people chair. people can sort of recline. That's right. It's really so neat can, looking. I haven't I tried it yet, but I'm looking forward it. to it. Yeah. And you can take that with you. So you're mobile. I'm very mobile. I don't need much space uh, as a result. Just a mm-hmm. chair beside it and, and, and that. Um, and just, you know, ask people to allow yourself to experience new things. It, it may not be hypnotherapy, but sometimes we're in a rut. We, we just need that engagement, that reminder that we're complex, amazing beings. Mm-hmm. And that feeds you mm-hmm. that, that experiences. Mm-hmm. So 
imagine me holding your hand going through something and no you can do it you can do whatever it is playing and feeding playing yes yes that's wonderful thank you so much for joining us today jennifer your energy is just absolutely vibrant and contagious and i'm and playful yes (laughs) playful yes thank you everyone for for playing with me and and that's my wish back for everyone you know whatever you're doing try and bring that spark of playfulness back because you had it as a kid you can't tell me you didn't yeah, yeah. Yes, that's so right. True. Yeah. So yeah. I, I know it it's natural. You know, I know you're in an adult body. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead and play. Give yourself Wonderful. permission. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much. And until Delightful. next week. I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halix, Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalix.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 Happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing,